I'm Richard. And I'm Tom for a third week running. Yes, with Rob still off searching for the original Kitten Kong film. Tom has once again joined us, so thank you very much for your continued support. And particularly this week as we're looking at Women's Lib in our 16th episode. Wow. Looking at Women's Lib. First broadcast on the 17th of December 1971, again on a Friday at 10 past 10 in the evening. I was going to say, I think its actual title is Free to Live, but... Well, I've got here that it's also known as free to live and sexual liberation, so I've generally always known it as women's lib, so... Is that maybe because of the topic? Uh, it's probably the most accurate topic. It, it, it's, the one, it's the one that I guess is easiest to identify, because um, free to live... Makes no sense. No. No. <laughs> but whatever we call it, we're here to talk about this episode. Richard, what yeah. did you think? I thought it was quite patchy. I didn't think it landed... A lot of its points that it want, clearly wanted to make. There is some good material in there, and look there, and we can discuss that perhaps in more depth. It was it was interesting to watch. It's not one I've seen many times, as it wasn't one that was on a really on high rotation as with the ABC. Not at all. But uh, yeah, I, I must admit, I think it's probably one of the weaker ones. Yeah, look, it's interesting. I with you, I, I never saw this broadcast on TV. So I clearly missed it when it was oh, obviously missed it when it was shown in the seventies. I don't remember seeing this at all on terrestrial TV in the eighties or the nineties. I was only able to see it when I saw a bootleg copy uh, later on when I was part of fandom more generally. So I've only seen this once, maybe twice ever before this. My memory was very similar to yours, Richard, of it uh, not landing and a point being quite patchy, etc. So I walked into this expecting not much. And yes, it's got its faults, and we'll explore its faults. But there are a lot of moments I really did laugh quite a lot. So it's still quite funny. It's hard is, I think, absolutely in the right place. Mm. You're right, though. There's some quite questionable decisions in there, which does detract from the humour. And, and, and I think some of it is also dated considerably. And is actually dated... Yeah, not, that, that's probably... That's fair, too. Not, not just dated in the way that it's, it's less relevant to us now, but in a way that some of the gags that they're using are actually a little bit uncomfortable now in a way they wouldn't have been in the 70s. So there's a lot to explore in this, but Tom, what was your view? Uh, yeah, look, I do totally agree with Richard on the patchiness of it. Uh, going back to it for the first time in many years to watch, I found very few things to outrightly laugh at. You're right, there's some relevancy, there's some dated bits, there's some sexual innuendo that probably is... Uh, not quite right nowadays, but yeah, it, it, it's just the passage of time, I think. Yeah, so let, let's explore that, and we'll do, do so by going right into the first opening scene, which opens with the blonde woman being brought back to the flat, and Graham and Tim. Well, well Graham first sort of whistling Tim, "Oi, Tim, come and have a look at this." Yes, yeah. and look. This is clearly meant to be a satire of how sexist men objectify a woman. And it's clear they're trying to do that, but still watching them do it 
sometimes isn't isn't very comfortable. But they, I mean, I mean, it's clear that they're trying to satire it because they push it a long way. They do the whole car thing, uh, yes, me- metaphor thing. Which, look, which I must admit does have the line that I think is still funny. Um, you know, what does she do flat out? Nearly everything. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they get they get some gags there, and and and. The, they're being so awful about her that it's clearly meant to. You're, meant, you're, oh, for, you're clearly for, not meant to. You're for, not meant to relate to them. For sure. And look, I guess being uncomfortable about it comes obviously from uh, forty years on, and we're now a lot more aware. You're right. Look, I mean, I got a couple of laughs out of that, but it, it, there was a bit of sort of uh, uncomfortable. There was a couple more scenes that probably made me a little more uncomfortable later on, but. But that that, that does summarise that thing where yeah, yeah, yes, I was absolutely laughing at some of it. I'm certainly getting what they're trying to say on it, but just watching them be so nasty to a woman doesn't make for nice viewing. No, which, very true. Which is a problem. But th- that said, the audience is, is, lapping, is it lapping it up. So for the time, it's clearly a very important piece of satire. That then leads to Bill, and this is clearly the episode where Bill gets to be the moral character, and he's the one, um, as you've said before, Richard, you know, it's often 2v1. And, and yes. school gets to be the one this time. Goes and calls on a women's liberation inspector to come along. She then obviously gives Tim and, and Graham a, a dressing down. I don't quite get the next bit where she obviously she sends them to be with her to live with her father for a period of time. Graham basically gets away scot free because mm. he's going to be the butler. And, and Tim is clearly is flagged he's going to have an awful time because he's going up there as the, as the female domestic help. Which is strange considering Graham was probably the worst of the two yes. at the start of the And, and I, I, I did have in my notes, it's arguable Graham actually gets learns anything from the experience I wouldn't have thought here. I mean, look, it makes a bit of a play on the fact that the, the girl Graham has brought in simply by removing her bra has suddenly become this, you know, intelligent, liberated creature, <laughs> which, which again is a, a subversion because, I mean, the whole burning your bra thing, I, I think, actually never happened. It, it's, it's a media spin. Yeah, and th- so this is an interesting point because on the one hand, it's, they're very clearly, they're very clearly satirising and, and sending up and um, having a go at sexist men in society and they're saying that's wrong they're, they're taking a presumably feminist approach. But then in the next scene, they're undermining the Women's Liberation Army by showing it to be so simple. You know, all, you need, all you need to do is take your bra off and you're free liberated. And they're going, well, that's stupid as well. So they're kind of trying to... Have, have it both, both ways. ways. I mean, look, the, the background to it is, I think Britain had recently passed the Equal Pay Act, I think, not long prior to this. Well, certainly we're at the, the, the early stages of that women's liberation movement, um, the female eunuch uh, coming out at the start of the 70s. We haven't quite got to the peak. I Am Woman by uh, Helen Reddy yeah. doesn't, doesn't come out until May 1972, which was sort of seen as the, the big polarising of the well, yeah, had, of, yeah, of the movement. You did have Jermaine Greer out there at that stage. That's right, the female eunuch was, was coming out. The goodies isn't alone in this. Um, a couple of years later, Doctor Who gets some incredibly poorly inserted women's lib speeches. So this is all going on in the 70s. And I, I get the atmosphere that they're trying to do it, but I, I just feel that they are trying to have their cake and eat it too, mm. by satirising both sides. And that 
does lead to a, a, an unfortunate ambiguity about where they're trying to go with it all. No. Particularly when, presumably, Graham is, if not writing this half, having a look and editing this half, and he's given himself the out. Well, he has, and, and that leads into the, the, the scene, obviously, where they go to Daddy's manor house. Yes. Which which was quite the, the first scene at the front there where when, when they first arrive. I, again, I, I found that quite uncomfortable to watch in places. Yes. I mean, there, there's a the bit where they're you know comparing Tim to a horse. Yeah, and, and again, I get what they're trying to say. I get what Graham is trying to say, and I know that Graham Garden doesn't mean it, but there's something about watching Graham Garden say those lines and, 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 and those start things. pushing Tim around. Yeah, yeah no, Tim, Timberlina. Yes, it's it's not nice to watch. No, not really. I mean, because there's a bit where he sort of after Daddy's left the room, he comes out and you know and hits him with the poker, and then chases him out and sort of chivies him out to work. And, and you sort of think uh, again. I mean, you know it's a comedy, and you know obviously it's Tim and Graham. But you're right. It it was a little sort of like ooh, when when you watch it. Mm. Yeah, and and references to. You know, Tim's changing personality. Whatever happened to Tomcat Tim? And oh. sort of thing. But of course, after that, it takes another turn. I think, Richard, you were saying before we started recording that this is a very good example of one half being written by one goodie and well, the second by another. I suppose you sort of then go into the film before that. You've sort of got the film montage, obviously, where, where Graham and, and, and the father are just kicking back on the lawn while Tim frantically runs around and does all the, does all the chores. Yeah, which has some good gags, like him holding up a washing line with his teeth. And... The vis- some of the visual stuff in it is, is quite good, but, I mean, you've then sort of got the bit with Tim harnessed to the tea cart yes. and the bit where, you know, the chair collapses, so Graham basically just pushes Tim down on the ground and then sits on him. Yes. And some of those, and then while the father just sits there and obviously gets uproariously drunk. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's not subtle humour, this one. No. No. Uh, but again, um, there, there were gags in there that I could laugh at, and a lot of that physical comedy that Tim does is very good. And in fact, in terms of performance, it's quite a good episode for Tim Brooke Taylor. He gives a very good performance and carries the gags relatively well, although once again, he is in drag. Yes, uh, yet again. Yet again. Twice. Yes, well, indeed, actually. <laughs> and then I, I was going to say, because then I suppose you've then got the scene where, where Barbara comes in with Bill, which is sort of perhaps leading more into the second half where she comes in and tells Daddy that this is her boyfriend. Yeah, and then it takes a really odd turn in a couple of ways. The least odd turn is the fact that suddenly Barbara, now that she's found a man, she can just be sweet and nice and... Content. Content and doesn't have to worry but, about But I anything. suppose there's also the stuff there where she clearly is now starting to dominate Bill because there's a bit where he, he does a little bottom-clenching walkout after i.e. that he's subservient to her and when she's going to take him out on the town, she brings him a bunch of flowers and a box of chocolates. Yeah, and they're, they're clearly doing that role reversal thing there, as they've done in other episodes. And again, that kind of works, but it's undermined, I think, because in between that, you have got this idea that, well, now Barbara's found a man, she can be content in life. Yes. So, again, they're trying to sort of do both sides of the story. Now, I said that's the less odd thing that happens in the second half. The more odd thing is obviously Graham deciding he's going to date his computer. Well, I guess he has a, a slight change of heart in that he suddenly comes across that, yes, it's more important, no, the mind is more important than the body, but he still has that thing that the only intelligent woman he can find is by fitting a female voice box to his computer. Mm. Yes, which in itself is odd, and again, there's just something 
not quite right about it. Not, not quite right is a good... I mean, they, look, they do then use that to make the joke where he says, I've read The Plain Man's Guide to British Common Law and they can't touch me for marrying my computer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, they're, they're clearly aware that it isn't, that it is not quite right and they're doing it, but the fact that they're aware of it and they're doing it for the comedy... I don't know if it just lands just the wrong side of comfortable. Well, this is meant to be the pastiche of uh, Love Story. That was yes, about that, that time. would be right, I guess. So uh, and so, all of that part was being built up, and the, the duopoly of Bill and Graham finding love and going forward. And, then the, and the happy and scenes. Tim becomes the moral one. Yeah, yeah. And and get yeah, to the filmed inserts, which there's some really funny stuff there with Graham walking along with the computer, pushing it on the swing. Uh, doing the leapfrog. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's all worth it, and it does work because of that, but I think this is the problem with the episode. Richard, you said Patchy and Tom, you agreed, and I don't know if I'd use that word, but it it has moments of really good comedy interspersed with moments of discomfort. Yeah, and, and stuff that... And again, it's, it's probably the dated aspect to it, stuff that really just now doesn't really seem to come off. Yeah, but in, in between, I mean, again, there's really good... Stuff like the pastiche stuff you're referring to, Tom, where Graham sees that the Vaseline's on the camera lens, so he goes and wipes it all off. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that, that soft focus romance mm. scene and, you know, taking all of that. And that then brings us to the ending, which is where I think, I've got to say, the whole thing falls apart. Well-intentioned as it was, you've got Barbara, you know, all I want now is to get married, Father, and now I'm happy and can live alone. And then Tim saying that marriage is evil and it's chaining women up and I'm kind of quite not sure what they're trying to say and then of course Tim gets chased by the father yeah. and all well, of you've that had the bit stuff. before that of course where Tim comes in and of course he starts doing the rah rah women's lib thing and, and the the girl the, the, the other piece of totty that, that Graham has says you know you're a loony or whatever and walks out yes but he obviously continues on you're right he, he gate crashes the wedding and tells the women that that this, this is evil and you're chaining yourselves to a man for the rest of your life. And, of course, I guess you can say maybe at that point Graham sort of does a, yes, he's right, you know, take the computer away. But, as I said, I got the impression Graham really doesn't learn anything from the episode at all, if you're setting out to make those points. Yeah, it, it's... The ending doesn't land what the episode seems to be setting up. Yeah. And that's a shame because the, look, the, the, the feminist, anti-sexist morals that they're clearly trying to do are really good to do and it's an important message and it's one that's very appropriate for the time but I think they are So is it is it more a case sides. that The Goodies perhaps isn't the right show to satirise that? I, look, I think so. I think having a show that's basically about three blokes and, and having... Three, three blokes and speeded up film. Three blokes and speeded up film who are... Their, their job is basically to be funny. Yes. Mm. And, you know, to the point that where you need to have the woman who comes in and gives the moral message, it's one of them in drag. Tim Tim's in his Jermaine Greer, mm. you know, cosplay. You can probably still argue that the second season, I, I think, is still a bit experimental in terms of what the, the series can and can't do. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of these episodes about a social issue, we probably start to move away from them, really, as we get into the third season and onwards. Yeah, they, they come back to them a bit towards the end, but you're right, this this hard social stuff. Although that said, they do do the South Africa episode. True. 
But that's done far, far better, and we'll talk about that. Well, it is. Let's face it. I mean, there are a couple of seasons on then, so I think they've probably got a much better handle on what it can and can't do. Is that where they dropped Tim's name off the writing writing credits? (laughs) (laughs) But interesting, though, because I think it is a worthy comparison. You compare this to the South Africa apartheid episode. In that one, they get Philip Maddock in to very clearly be the bad guy, so they can very clearly be the good guys. Well, that's true. Uh, There there is no distinction in this episode of who is truly a bad guy other than their attitudes, which flip-flops across what's there. What would have been funnier, of course, at the end of that episode is if you had the woman's lib woman actually dressed as the groom and Bill dressed in white. That probably would have been more realistic to the characters that they were playing throughout the show. Yeah, or, or even if it had been... And this is perhaps one where the agency idea could have worked, where had they been hired by Barbara to go and you know, sort her father out or yeah. to help the women's liberation movement to go to the next level or take yeah, a yeah. thing. And then they could clearly have been on that side and they could have had guest actors who were the sexist old men and they would be, it would be them against the goodies. So the goodies could clearly be the voices of modernity and reason yes. and light. And, and, here, and they could still have had Tim in drag. And they could still have had Tim in drag. Here, I think them trying to, to, to swap roles and everything... It, it doesn't work, but but I really want to say the episode was still better than I remembered it, and there were still moments when I laughed out loud and had some really good funny gags, some nice little lines, some nice little performances, some really good filmed inserts. There, there is stuff to commend this episode. It's just punctuated by stuff that... It, it is. Really the thing of the episode, the, the scenes where Tim is basically being abused by Graham and, and, and Daddy... The audience is really, again, is really lapping that up. Yeah. They, they think that's hilarious, a lot of what's going on there, which, as I said, we're sort of watching it being slightly uncomfortable with some of it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just sort of left wondering if maybe The Goodies perhaps isn't, that, isn't the show really to be tackling something like that. Yeah, I think that's probably the main takeaway to make. Shall we move on to our segments, gentlemen? So we come down to ads, or in this case, ad. Ad, singular. Long. Long ad. The Honest Holidays. Yes. Which is clearly a takeoff of the whole package tour thing that was growing in the 60s and became very big in the 70s. It tries to do a lot of little jokes in within there. For example, they have the, the, the early cutback to the woman in the bikini who's not ready to go. And yes, her in the right. And, and the fact that Graham keeps walking in front of her and she has to keep changing her position on the lilo. Yeah, yeah, so there's all that. So they do the little things in there. Uh, one thing that I did notice in there is they do the joke about the gay nightlife. Yes. And the clear double meaning there yes. in gay. That, I think, is the only reference in the goodies to the word gay in that sense of the term. They use various other words. And yes, they use innuendo. Words, innuendo, but to actually go out and do a pun about gay nightlife yeah, okay. actually really sort of struck me as, particularly for 1971, uh, quite an overt mm. gag to do. That said, the ad does drag. Mm. Not as much as Tim it does in this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's it's probably a fraction long. I mean, you all get what it's trying to send up. It's yeah. it's the you know the, the small operator who's obviously just paid for a bit of TV time, and and fronts the ad himself, who having no presentation skills. I don't think they thought of much of backstory back then. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you know, and and of course you, you're right. I mean, those package holidays were starting to become increasingly popular. I, I think then, and you sort of get into the thing where in Spain they are hastily just throwing up hotels for, for all these influx of British tourists. Yeah. Um, and a lot of them weren't finished. I mean, you were sort of staying in the, you know, all these building, in a building site, effectively. Mm. Yeah, and there was no money back. 
No. We, we, we've flown you to Spain. We've put a roof such as it is over your head. We delivered. We delivered, yeah. So, yeah, there's that advert. <laughs> now, our next segment is generally, what couldn't they get away with today? Most of it. <laughs> That's basically the answer, isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know that you'd even probably tackle an episode like that, I think, if you're doing it today. No, not, not, not in that manner. No. No. I, you could talk about women's roles within the workplace, for example, or, or you know, there, there are aspects of sexism. Oh, look, and, uh, there, is. Look, there, there are aspects of it that are still relevant now. But you wouldn't do this in this way. No. And and you certainly wouldn't have your good guys in internal commas. Well, I don't need to put them in inverted commas. They're called the goodies for goodness sake. You would not have the they goodies. Do good for people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you wouldn't have your good main characters saying the lines and doing the roles they do here because it just doesn't work. I think they would have been far more sympathetic to the scenario of women being treated that way and gone undercover. To do pretty much yeah. the same thing, but not to be, yeah. Yeah, so I think for what couldn't they get away with today? The episode. Yeah, it's, it's interesting actually. One of the notes I had is Inspector Barbara actually knows that the goodies stand for everything that's good and decent in the world mm. um, when she comes in. So it would have, you're right, it probably would have lent itself to her hiring them to, to go and, yeah, sort her father out or, or sort out some other male chauvinist pig that she'd found. Mm. Yes, I think that's really all we can say for that. <laughs> We've probably talked about it at length, really. Yeah, and again, it, it was, uh, in so much as it wasn't shown here, again, I don't think it's one the ABC made or the Australian Census made any cuts to. I, I think don't, so. I don't think. So clearly in, in the early 70s, that sort of stuff was quite acceptable here too. I, I wonder though if it was one that was taken out of rotation in the 80s because of the content. A lot of them, I think, uh, that were taken out of rotation was based on what was on offer from the Beeb as a package. You know, they, they mm. themselves probably... I mean, BBC too didn't replay them particularly anyway. Yeah. So whatever was put together as a package, and it was, you know, a couple of episodes here, a couple of episodes there, and always the majority of the latter seasons. Yeah, because there were instances, and we'll talk about this probably as we get later in the run, of, of episodes from seasons at the ABC. They'd, they'd show all of it by one or two episodes, mm. and then those two episodes would turn up on a later repeat. Yes. Yeah, because clearly by that point the ABC decided they were fit to screen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any first or tropes here? One note that I've made is that there's actually a lot of clips from the opening credits of future seasons in this one. Yes, there is. Yeah, um, particularly Tim on the Tim uh, strapped to the tea cart. Yep, Graham with the computer. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, there's there's a, there's a few in there. So given that this was an episode I didn't see for about the first twenty years of my life. I spent a lot of time watching those credits going, where the hell is that from? <laughs> uh, but it all made sense when I saw this. I don't... Well, I didn't have any other first tour tropes, did you guys? No. No? Right. And that brings us to our favourite gags. Wow. Well, I've actually got a couple, so would you like yeah. me to start? Oh, look, the, the, the one that I actually had as my number one was after Tim's gone full on into the women's lib stuff and the, um, the costume and how she could get married and... Graham's look, but you can't. You haven't done anything silly. Yeah, yet. that was that was one I had too. Actually, <laughs> uh, that was very good. I I like Graham, and then going on from that, Graham's rant and um, Mr. Wright, the grocer, you can't marry him. <laughs> that actually that was one of the other ones. I had. <laughs> so there you go. Oh dear, look, the final one I had was the visual gag of Graham playing leapfrog with his computer. Which, yeah, that was that, that, again that, that escalation of first they run into each other, then they're on the swing. 
and then the leapfrog it was a good yep. case of an escalating game and that was that mirroring off. what Bill was doing at the same yeah. yes so. who also wasn't able to leapfrog his girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any gags I haven't stolen from you? I, I had one, Tom? which was it was basically at the start when Barbara walks in and she goes, "Like the beard," you know, it was just yeah. that equality. No, yeah. my man. <laughs> 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 really? <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't bad actually. I was going to say it's a bit like that Blackadder thing. Remember when Lord Flash <laughs> comes and he goes, "Hey, bridesmaid, like the beard. beard. Gives me something to hey, hang on to." Woof <laughs> woof. <laughs> Uh, speaking of which, if we're all done... Yes, I think we're all done. Appropriately, next week we will be back talking about gender education. Mm. I won't be there, but in the meantime, enjoy a walk in the Black Forest. You've been listening to the Goodies Pirate Podcast, the Australian podcast that puts the good in goodies. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please do leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode or your thoughts on upcoming episodes. So please drop us a line by email at pirategoodiespc at gmail.com. Send us a tweet at at pirategoodiespc or find us on Facebook at facebook.com stroke pirategoodiespc. Goodies, goody, goody, yum, yum. I was called by a militant sister. That's right, that's me. Hmm, should have guessed by the uniform. <laughs> I say, I like the beard. That's really what I call equality. <laughs> <laughs>